Hey everyone, it's Yas here and I'm calling today with a little favour to ask. Over the recent weeks and months, I've had loads of you get in touch with some great questions and today I'm going to be trying something new with the show. I'm trialling a Q&A segment where I'll be joined by a co-host and elite coach educator, Gerard Jones. Now these are discussions which are going to be taking place every Sunday evening at 7.30 GMT live on Twitter space if you wanted to get involved directly. Otherwise, I'll be releasing them here every Wednesday on the Coaches Network podcast. So for today's format, it's slightly different and for around about 30 minutes, each discussion will be dedicated to a question that has been sent in where myself and Joe will be going into some real depth and sharing our views and opinions on the topic in order to leave you with some key takeaways to consider in your own environments. So the favour I'm asking for today, guys, is if you can let me know your thoughts on the new format and you can do this by getting in touch on Twitter at The Coaches Net. Once again, that is at The Coaches Net. And of course, if you have a question, feel free to send that in too. Hope you enjoy the new format. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. Hey guys, you're now listening to the Coaches Network podcast, a podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent and personal development. My name's Coach Yas and I'm a UEFA licensed football coach, coach developer and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Tonight's question is around... There's some key considerations that coaches should make when making their journey. Now, the question itself was around early on in their journey, but I think regardless of the stage of the journey you're at, I think these are, these are, these some of the considerations that we're going to discuss tonight are paramount, especially for um, those early on in their journeys. But, Gerard, maybe just kind of just to open up where, before we start going into the actual considerations, what you maybe think is important across the, across the different pathways of the game so obviously you've got coaches that work in the recreational pathway those that work in the performance pathway do you think there's necessary different considerations from the outset that they need to make um, before they actually think about what they're going to be delivering if that makes sense definitely I mean it's interesting I've just come from watching games even this this weekend if you take that as an example I'm sure you're the same and in the same weekend I've watched academy coaches who are a licensed, B licensed coaches with tons of experience of working with players who've gone on and played. Some will have obviously signed for uh, various EPPP category academies in England. Some will be playing in other areas in Europe, and obviously there'll be those who have graduated within within the academy uh, in the MLS into the first team. And then I've watched coaches who are working, as you said, at recreational sort of grassroots development level parent volunteers to professionally paid or semi-professionally paid coaches who will be at your sort of introductory level. And one thing that stood out across all those levels would be that, uh, and again, there'll be many things that we unpack tonight, but would be that are we coaching for now or are we preparing them for what they need in the future? And how are we focusing on the individual needs of the players within everything that we do, whether that be in the practice or in the match day. And to give one example, I've seen in two games where the goalkeeper, this is a young player, goalkeeper, both in the academy and in the development grassroots level, needs support and help and experience and opportunities on how to build and construct the attack, playing with their feet. Some might be a phys- physical challenge where they're not, it might not necessarily be an issue of like the skill of a, as some might call it, the technique of uh, striking a ball. It might be more an issue to do with the physical strength, 
being able to reach certain distances or whatever. And just, again, opportunities to practice and get confident in order to get competent at building up from the back, dealing with pressure, playing out against pressure, goal kicks, that type of thing. And I've seen coaches do tactics that have basically um, eliminated the threat of that keeper causing a problem for the team by not managing it and, and creating a learning opportunity for the player, but actually removing that obstacle, which is detrimental to learning. And they've done that in two ways. I've seen other players take the goal kick because maybe they're better at striking the ball, or whatever, which is madness because now you, you're down one player outer field. Also, by the goalkeeper not taking the kick, they're never getting better. So they're never getting an opportunity to play out from the goal kick, deal with different variations of pass or whatever it may be. Um, so then you're just neglecting the problem for somebody else to solve. And unfortunately, these kids will go on to U14, U15, U18 or whatever. And the coaches are all doing the same. So that kid never gets any better. So at under 10s or even younger, they've been told like, oh, you're not very good at this and we don't really want it leading to goal. So we're going to get someone else to do it. Well, then they're never getting an opportunity or the confidence to try. And when they do try, it is going to lead to mistakes. But we should be seeing that as a learned opportunity. And instead, we're seeing it as a negative. And we're attaching, going, drawing on like attachment theory, we're attaching a negative uh, perception or connotation on that. So the kid never wants to try. And I think that's really, really sad. You know, and then mm. the other thing I've seen is that coaches have actually said to the goalkeeper, we're going to play in this way. So they recognise that if the keeper doesn't have the strength yet or the technique to reach certain ta- certain distances, fine, that's great. Encourage them to play short. Like you can do that. And especially now you can receive inside the penalty area. Why wouldn't you if it's on to? Get them mm. comfortable playing out and building. But then I've seen some coaches almost say to the keeper, just play and then we'll, that's it, you're done. We're not playing off for you again. But actually that <laughs> goalkeeper could receive it back. They could bounce it out or... You know, it shouldn't be seen as the goalkeeper versus the rest of the team and what the team needs. It should be that it's one part of it. That's one example of many, but it proves the point that are we just coaching in reaction of the, the, the result is more important and we've got to get that right and the team dynamics are more important? Or are we actually saying, no, I'm going to address this and I'm going to help this child get better? And that can be mm. across any position, across any age, any format, model of the game. Actually looking at it and going, we're not coaching about the result. Yes, we want to win games, but not at the detriment of learning. And that would be an example of detriment of learning. We're saying, now, do you know what? Someone else can deal with that later on, but I'm not. I'm going to find ways to mask it and cover it and and almost, yeah, shield that player from having to be in that situation. And I've eliminated that problem. And I see that evolving other ways. You know, Teams will manage tactics to outplay the opponent, which is, again, part of the game. You've got to do that, cat and mouse. Look at Liverpool v Man City, right? But we're talking about youth development here. And actually, if you know that centre-back needs to get better at defending wide areas or they need to get better at 1v1s, why would you remove them from that opportunity? When actually you could potentially, without scarring the player, of course, and making it too challenging and killing the confidence, why not help them and give them strategies on how to defend against that tricky winger? Because that's what they're going to need to survive and to strive. Otherwise, coaches will just go, you know what? No, let's move him over there 
let's put this player here and he can deal with that. Well, that kid doesn't get any better at that. So there's two examples of one clear message around considerations for coaches at any level is, are you coaching in reaction to get the result or are you actually coaching about developing individual players here and now for what they need in the future? Yeah, I think there's some great stuff in there. I think, you know, first and foremost, it's just really highlighting maybe what coaches need to be looking at within themselves in terms of what their outcomes are. Right. I think, you know, right off the top of it, obviously, you know, I asked you there whether, whether it would be a difference between recreation and performance or development pathways, if you like. And I think, yes, obviously, there is naturally going to be differences. But, you know, I really want to find, try and find, figure out what are the top line, top line considerations regardless of the environment you're working in and regardless of the outcomes they're kind of set and I think you hit the nail on the head with one of them is that we need to be there to try and help all the players regardless of what position they are what level they're working at whether they be U10s or U18s yeah. um, and I think within that it's just obviously in some in some formats of the game I can't speak for every country but obviously you know, if we talk about mini soccer and small sided games over here it's not really okay. in England in particular they've got things like the retreat line where Certain, you know, the opposition aren't allowed to be in the same half as the goalkeeper when he when he plays out, and things like that, which obviously then gives them an opportunity to kind of really practice that playing out from the back sort of stuff, um, and actually pass it. You know, those different passing options from the from the get go, which is obviously an, an important part of that as well. I think another piece is obviously to kind of really consider is actually depending on the level that we're working at, depending on the age group in particular, what what are we trying to offer them? Are we trying to offer them a, a more rich experience in one particular position or rounded experiences across different positions. And there's no right or wrong for that either. But I think as a coach, you just need to kind of really consider within that, what are the skill sets and the, and the requirements of that position um, based on the way that you want your team to play, if it is a team, or the way in, in which you want your individuals to play within each play, within each position, if there's a potential profiles for those. So I think from the very top of it, first kind of consideration for me would be that actually identify what environment you're working in is it development pathway is it recreational and there's no right or wrong but you know having an understanding of that and then asking yourself right what are the key outcomes for the environment so if it is recreational as an example we we want to make sure they're enjoying this enjoying the time they're learning how to play the game in different positions getting a good range of experiences which might not necessarily be the case in terms of development pathway because the development pathway is very different in in the sense that they're probably are working towards more of a, if you like, a winning mentality. Not to say that's win at all costs, but I definitely think that it's important that we start educating and supporting young players and players like you know across the whole game. That import the importance of winning. Um, so you know those are probably the initial considerations I'll be thinking about making. But then, in terms of the coaches themselves and their planning processes, I think is obviously really key as well. So you know within that planning process, making sure that you've got clear idea of what your topic or your theme is going to be for the week trying not to be too reactionary based on what's happened in the last game because the thing is with that is every single week that error that mistake that that success that failure that took place in the game game prior might not happen again and it might have happened for a specific reason that based on the opposition that you're playing against so what happens is you end up always kind of leaving something out whereas if you kind of set to yourself right how do I want my teams to play how do I want my players to play? What are the key skills and attributes I want them to develop over the course of the season? And schedule those in in some way. I don't want to say strictly like a syllabus, but yeah, have a syllabus of some sort where it's flexible in the timing of your delivery, 
but not so much in terms of the content of the delivery, if that makes sense. So as an example, you might have four different themes that you want to cover in the next four months. They don't necessarily have to go in order of one, two, three, four. It might be four, three, four, three, two, one, based on what you think the team needs at that given moment. So just you know, a little consideration there as well. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Gerard. Yeah, I agree with all those things. I mean, it, there's a lot there, isn't there? And even we could go one step further, like just to go back a bit, is often a lot of coaches will start with, or we'd like to hope they start with, you know, how do I want to play? What do I want to do? What does the content look like when I'm programming my week? Which is what you were talking about. And coaches will have their own, I would use the word preferences, because a lot of the time it comes down to that, doesn't it? It's I prefer my team to play this way or I like to look for this. It might not always be balanced up or aligned up with what the actual kids need and their ability level. And that's a topic that we touched on in one of the last conversations. I think what's really interesting is going to the step of what do I need to know as a coach? I mean, you know, we said early on in their journey, but early on that journey can look across different ways, can't it? You know, I can be a very experienced coach at the level I'm at, but then if I start working with a different age group or a different level, I'm early on in that journey, if that makes sense. So actually, we're always striving and we're always gaining new experiences, aren't we? So there'll be coaches who are maybe listening who are working at a grassroots level and they might be really experienced at that. But if they were to then continue and get their UEFA B or whatever and work in a development centre or an academy environment or higher level, again, they would be early on in that journey because in terms of years on the grass, they're at zero in some respects in that level. Um, And I would just say, as a coach, can you really self-reflect and go, what do I need to know more about in order to improve where I'm working at? And be better and be the best version of me, the, you know, and obviously get to where I need to aspire to be at. And that's a very difficult question to ask because a lot of coaches, you, you know, it comes back to you don't know what you don't know, doesn't, isn't it? You know, and you've got that consciously competent and uncompetent. But if you promote self-reflection and learning, you will naturally, organically look for more questions and answers. So if I go in with the, I don't know what I need to know, but I know that hypothetically, let's say I've got a good understanding of maybe 7v7. I don't really understand 11v11, so I need to go after that. There's certain things I need to study, but I think, oh, I need to know more about periodization. I need to know more about um, physical loading, whatever. And then what they'll do is they'll go, but then is that relevant to the level I'm working at now? No. Is it? Yes. Where is it? Oh, it could be in two years' time. Okay. As you start delving into that, you'll realize how much you don't know. And then you'll be so curious and you'll be like, wow, like there's more, whether, even if it was syllabus, as you talked about, there's curriculums that will go on, but you know, there'll be different methodologies and loads of people saying, you've got to do it this way, that way, another way. There's a ton of resources out there on YouTube and all over the world. It's making sense of what you believe in and what works for you. And it's doing your homework and looking deep into, well, why, like, what's the rationale behind that? What's the science that underpins that way over this way? And as soon as you start being open to that, I think then you'll start to realize how much you don't know and where you, and then you'll start to gravitate towards the areas that you need right now, subconsciously. So if it is match day management or if it's, again, 11 v 11 or whatever it is, you'll naturally gravitate to that. And then you'll go, you know what, I need to get better at that. Or even if it's communication, 
and how you're really concise in your information. All right, let's go and look into that. Who are some of the best communicators in the world? Who are the best coaches at that age group who demonstrate good practice of that? What's some of the research saying? You know, is there any books I can read on it? Is there any courses I can do on it? And I think that's where coaches need to consider. It all comes down to you. Where are you in your development, in your journey? And what do you need in order to get better? Yeah, I, th- I think you're spot on, Jordan. I think, you know, just on on that last point that you mentioned, there, I think there's a, a key question in there for coaches to think about. is actually, where am I on my journey? Where am I on my journey? And I think one of the key considerations to make early on in any journey um, or throughout the journey, whether it be early on or midway through or however far you're into the journey, is actually having people around you that are going to challenge and, pro- and, and, and provoke thought, whether that be through questions, whether that be through actually just challenging your ideas and, and working against you, whereas... I think what a lot of people fall into the trap of, especially those in grassroots environments in particular, um, when they're quote-unquote seen as being one of the most experienced people in the environment that they're in, it's very difficult and very challenging for other, for other individuals to actually then question, provoke thought around whatever's been, you know, been put, put, put in front of them in terms of way, the way they deliver, the way they set up, the way they plan, the way they interact, because actually that person's seen as the most quote-unquote experienced and knowledgeable person in the environment but actually one of the biggest considerations every every coach could make is actually trying to get people around them that don't think alike and it doesn't mean that they have to be confrontational but actually no this person just works in a completely different way to me you know and you might want the same outcomes even but actually in the way in which you go about delivering it and achieving those things could, could be very different I remember about about four or five years ago I was working, working with a mate of mine that I met on the A license and we're very clear in terms of what we wanted to achieve, you know, very congruent in our thoughts and our beliefs and our ideas around what it is that we're trying to get to. But actually the way in which we would deliver it would be very, very different. You know, he'd probably be a bit more direct and whereas I'd be a bit more relaxed, laid back in my approach, but actually I'm, you know, in that, in that situation now, I was kind of almost like, well, whatever works, works. You know, I'm not really bothered if, 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 if we're getting to our point of success and we're getting to closer to that point, then I'm happy with that. I'm not going to challenge your thoughts. I'm not going to challenge your ideas. Um, other than to say, right, okay, how can we further improve it? Rather than say it's not working. And I think it's really important for coaches to kind of get people around them. But also within that, looking at the coach education pathway in the country you're in, the sister system you're in, the county you work, your county you're currently operating in, just bear in mind that these are generic systems. They're generic pathways. The generic courses that are put on generic webinars that are put on it might be that you have to go for search a little bit further and further wider just to kind of get the content that you need to support yourself in that environment be open to trying out things that you not you haven't heard of you know you talked there earlier about you know you, you don't know what you don't know and you know you know sometimes you don't know what you do know um and sometimes it might actually just be trying out that little thing that you haven't actually come across before or, you know, you've come across something for the first time, you've never heard of it, just try it, see what it is. It might be a webinar, it might be a discussion, but even in getting getting involved in conversations like these, you know, developing a community of coaches, community of practices, networking with other like-minded individuals that actually want to further develop themselves too. And just then just sparking conversation, you know, it could be that, you know, Gerard, you might be working with the under-10s, you know, in the Midlands somewhere, and then you've got, you got another coach who's working with a group of under-10s that you've connected in a group like this, you know, based in London, or and there might be another one in the group that's based in the North East or something like that. And actually now you guys are sharing, uh, you know, 
different views, different experiences, different opinions based on the environment you each work in. And it could be that actually it doesn't have to be someone who's necessarily doing male football. You might be a male, you might be a coach of, of, in the male game and they might be a coach in a female game. There might be some, you know, cross gender messages and, you know, things that you can kind of transfer across. Because, you know, if we are open and honest with ourselves, not just not just within the game of football, but just coaching as a whole it is a very transferable thing. So just just some small little considerations there to kind of think about, you know, regardless of where you are on your journeys, but especially early on. And I think it's probably where it's the most challenging thing. Um, because obviously you're coming into it, you're not sure what you need to know. You're not sure what you don't need to know. And sometimes you just you just look and naively just trust the fact that because someone's been coaching for the last 20 years or 10 years, that actually their experience means something. And it does, but it's not always the right thing. And sometimes it could be that you can learn off people in the way that not I'm going to pick things up off this person that I should be doing, but actually I'm going to pick up things off this person that I need to be avoiding. So just something to consider when you're working alongside other coaches as well. That's a great last point, actually, what you said there. That's really clever. And I agree. And you'll probably learn more maybe by noticing and and I guess it's like negative teaching in some respects, maybe. But you, you're learning more by what not to do, probably. That you'll formulate your own answers of what you think you should do and do differently. But you're right on the you know, if you just surround yourself by certain people who agree with you, then your thinking will always be the same, won't it? But actually, even if you've got a strong argument for what it is that you do, even at the level me and you are at, but if we're surrounded by people who have a different perspective or a different view on it, that's good because then if they're challenging us, maybe there might be times where we, have to, we might rethink and go, actually, yeah, maybe we could do it this way. Or it might allow us to come up with even better arguments or counter-arguments mm. as to why... <laughs> And we're formulating a deeper understanding, aren't we, of what we're doing? So it's a great consideration. 100%. And I think just on that as well, you know, for any coach, whether you, you whether you are brand new to the journey or not, you know, whether that be coming on a coaching course, don't be afraid to ask the person who's delivering or you're observing that you're discussing with, why are you doing it that way? Why are you doing it that way? What, <laughs> what are you trying to get out of this? Why yep. have you decided that you're going to do this? And why have you, you know, why not anything else? And it's interesting because I remember, you know, I think it was just before Christmas, in fact, I uh, went to go and observe a coach who was going through his um, his level two at the time. Obviously, it's been restructured now, but going through his level two at the time and he was going through a practice and going through his whole session and, you know, he was asking me for some feedback and I was giving him some feedback. And at the end of it, it was almost like, well, you know, the way he did things, would be, I, I wouldn't do it in that way at all. I just wouldn't do it because it doesn't, agree, it, it doesn't align with the way I believe coaching should be delivered and you know it's not to say what he was doing was wrong because he was essentially getting out what he wanted to get out of it and then it was interesting because he asked me at the end he said well how would you have done it I said I would have done it very differently he said, but why did you why did you say what I did was all right then I said because it was it just wasn't the way I would do it and I think that's okay as well it's healthy to have that difference of opinion in terms of how things should be done and not every disagreement or misalignment has to be a negative thing it could be right I can learn from this I can learn everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That actually, here's one way of skinning this cat, if you like. But actually, is this the most effective way to get what I want to get out of it? And sometimes it is. But sometimes it might not be. But sometimes, if you don't ask that question, you'll never know another way of working. So I think that's a really key thing for me to kind of really just leave that leave on there. That coaches need to start asking more questions, whether that be, a, a, you know, a coach that you're working with. Even if you're an outfield coach, as an example, and you're and you're and you're linking in with a goalkeeping coach, find out goalkeeping coach why are you doing it that way? Why are you doing it that way? You know, well, how can we get more of the real the real stuff into the game? whether that be with outfield players or goalkeepers. So as an example, I think typically what you might see is a goalkeeping session. You know, you get a goalkeeping coach, picks up a bag of balls, starts doing some volleys, half volleys, all of that stuff. Personally speaking, I've been working with goalkeepers myself and having observed so many different sessions, you know, in a coach education capacity, as in a coaching capacity, just an observation capacity. I, I don't get it. I don't get why a goalkeeper would dro- a coach would drop the ball on a volley and strike it. It doesn't happen in a game. When am I ever going to get, you know, just imagine now I'm working with Jordan Pickford. Hey, Jordan, just wait for it. Any minute now, Harry Kane's going to drop the ball from his hands and strike it at you. It's not going to happen. So why am I preparing to deliver on that? Just ask the questions, no matter how silly they sound. Ask the questions because the reality is a lot of people haven't been asked questions and therefore haven't actually thought enough about what they're doing, the reasons why they're doing it, and whether it's actually the most effective way of working. And you know, that's it. I've gone on a bit of a ramble there, but hopefully there's some there's some bits to kind of to kind of pick up on. But it'll be very interesting to maybe get your thoughts on that, Gerard, and if you've got anything else to add, and if anyone else in the room's got anything that from their own experiences they might say are key considerations that they would make now if they were starting the journeys over again. No, I think it's a great one to leave on because it's there's some lo- there's loads there, isn't there? I mean, hopefully the the people you're asking the questions to uh, are, are confident in their own skin that they can they see it as a positive and not a negative. Because years ago, some of the tutors that I've been on courses with, you couldn't challenge them, and that's a different topic for probably another day. But the ones now should be like, oh, great, thanks for asking. Because like you said, um, no, brilliant, absolutely good. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's great time for questions, isn't it? You know, so if there's anyone who wants to put a request in, any thoughts on what's been shared, and equally if you have your own questions where you you, you know you want a bit of feedback, now's the time to to do that. I think everyone's been a bit shy today. I've got a question for you, Jared. I've got a question for you, you know, we're just uh, just while people are still thinking about their own. If you had to go back now to start of your journey, what would be one or two key things that you would make sure that you that you're doing from day dot that you weren't that you weren't doing when you first started out? I mean probably it's a tough one because there's loads in there, but I, I would got, definitely you got two. You can only pick two. Two. Whoa. I just probably planning, like plan a lot simpler. I think, like in the early days, I was so keen on putting as much detail on the paper as possible, which is great. But then you can overcomplicate it, or you're giving yourself too many things to think about. When actually, like if you were to look at my session plans now, I don't know, maybe some people might think they are complicated, but for me, they're really simple. Or at least the activities are, but you can get loads of detail out of them. 
So I would have a lot of things going on before, cones everywhere, whereas now there's probably minimal stuff going on, but there's a lot going on for the players and there's a lot of problems to think about. I think that's the first thing to see planning. I think, you know, just being simple and you're thinking and what it is you want to get out. And it sort of links into the second point, which is kind of the same, which is like the intention. What are your session intentions? You know, you might call it objectives, but, you know, what do you want to achieve in today? Like what, And how do you measure yourself against that? Because mm. often we'll put whatever it is on paper and then do we actually, like we say re- we reflect, but do, do we actually? Do we mm. actually go back and go, you know, I had three or four objectives there or intentions or whatever it is, training goals. Did I achieve any of them? No. No. Didn't even achieve one. Why not? Do, do you know what? Or did yeah, I, I think... achieve one? Why? And and actually, the line like holding yourself accountable. You yeah. Know? But do you know what? I, 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 I think this is one key thing. I will definitely just finish off one before we. You know, we've got two two people raising their hands now as well. Um, is what I've learned to do over the years, and this is probably where I would I would kind of leave it on in terms of my final piece around the consideration for coaches to make is just think about the one thing that you're trying to get out of this session. Yeah, like you might not achieve it. Just think, just narrow it down to one thing. I think one thing we can all be guilty of at times. I want to hit this. 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 You've got all these different targets, paper guys, the outcomes that you kind of, you know, you, you you've kind of set your set your sights on. But the reality is, you're not going to do everything. Just set your sight on one thing. What's the most important thing that you can get out of this session for these players? And you might not get it, but actually having that one thing just makes things a whole lot easier. Um, but enough of me. We've got a couple of people that want to want to just share some thoughts and views. Um, first one up, Liam. Yeah. Uh, good evening. Yeah, no, How I'm are just, you, man? Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just come across the space and I thought, let me just jump in, have a listen, and yeah, man, it's just you know, it's, it's a good little discussion. Um, I think that like, first off, for me, I used to overcomplicate things a lot of the time. Um, I'd like want to work on five or six different type of things and over the years and on my journey is about making things the simple things easy working on them first before overcomplicating the thing and just making a lot putting them little extra bits of technical information tactical bits in bit by bit you know what i mean um i think first of all for me was going out and observing other coaches and seeing how they worked um and obviously you find your own way of how you go around doing things. You know what I mean? That's the best you can't. You don't copy people. You might start off trying to do that, but you come up with your own way of how to deliver something and getting the best out of players and the team. I think it's a great, great point, Liam. But just want to I'll quickly just quiz you on that one, though. Yeah? yeah, when you're going out observing, what is it that you're looking for? Because this is this is this is a big debate of mine that I've had with a load of coaches. For me, it was I wanted that reassurance of am I doing that right you know what I mean so it was am I doing everything right I've gone and observed things from grassroots all the way up to the pro game and that it's just you're doing everything there's no difference I was always thinking is there something magical that I'm not doing um but as long as you like clear precise and be confident in what you're delivering and the application you'll get out you know what I mean so I mm. think for me it was that reassurance more sad, more times of things, you know what I mean. So, because my journey was a lot of stop and starting, sure. Um, before I got going, so because, yeah. But that's I think for me it was a bit of reassurance, really. Okay, um, definitely. Uh, so, so you know, million pound question then, Liam. 
top yeah. consideration, one consideration, you go back to the start of your journey right now, having all the experiences you've had now, what's the one thing you're making sure you're doing? Um, I put 100% into it at the beginning, really. That was it for me. Putting 100% in from the, from the beginning. Awesome. And I think, I think that's really key. And I think, I think that is obviously, you know, it's, a, it's personal to you. It's you know, yes. 100% whatever that looks like to you is obviously what might be different to someone else. But I think the key thing there is having some clarity really is what, what I'm... What I'm, what I'm hearing when I say, when I hear you say that, having a bit of clarity on exactly what it is that we're yeah, hundred percent. Reflection, reflection is a good, a good thing as well. Something I wish I'd probably done a lot, um, a lot earlier. Um, analyzing stuff if you can film, um, reflecting back as well, feedback and so on. You know what I mean? That 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 pushes you a lot and gets a lot out. So mm. you learn a lot that way. You know what I mean? So that's just just, good to, just to kind of pick up on that one, Lily. What, what's what's one key thing that you do when you're looking at reflecting? What are the key things that you want to find out about your session or your experience? Like how you guys have said as well, if they've got the the, the topic of my my session, has that been has that been out? Is that that has that been understood by everyone? Um, anything that I've missed? Um, you know, what I mean, it's it's rather than they all come away learning one thing and has that has that been demonstrated so if i see that i'm happy awesome small progress is better than no progress right yeah yeah no that's what it is take it every session every day as it comes you know what i mean so awesome awesome now thank you very much for liam and yeah, no, cheers thank you apps how's it going how's it going very well, man. Very well. Good to see you back this week, man. How are you? I'm always good, mate. Uh, blessed and highly favoured. There you go. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Talk to us. Tell us your thoughts, man. Uh, yeah. You know, you obviously asked the question, if you could go back to the start of your journey and, and do things differently, what would you do? I think for me, it, it would be pr- probably more based just, just around... Just before I pause you for a second, Matt, not yeah, so on. much if you could do things differently, but know what you know now. Yeah. What was what is it? What are the things that you would maybe have done sooner? Um, focus on the process of actually teaching, as opposed to just the information that you want to get across. Um, I think how you get that information into somebody's head or into their game is is really really important because sometimes, you know, you know I think we can get so bogged down with the show and tell um, that you forget that people will, you know, they just learn in different ways. And really just focus on the aspects of learning and not expecting um, not expecting the finished article immediately and understanding that there is always a process to developing uh, any ability, any talent, uh, any understanding of any moment in your life. And that goes far uh, and beyond football and, and sport. Um, you know, so I think understanding those things for me would be or understanding those things a lot sooner for me would have would have would have helped a great deal with my own uh, development. But I think a lot of that comes from your own personal situation um so you know i think some people have uh the freedom and the clarity uh to, to think about those kinds of things early on in their life because i suppose maybe they've got really good foundations and a lot of support uh, one of the things that i lacked as an individual just just you know just as a young boy uh, was that element of support and 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 sort of security so although i was coaching really early on even while i was still playing um, even academy football, um, I was still coaching, but I didn't have um, that freedom to to think about 
passions to think about those kinds of things so the things that i'd really try to encourage anybody else that sort of you know embarks on a journey is to really uh you know um absorb themselves into what they're doing and, and really try to love every moment but also try to understand that learning um like you know is is a process um and you have to commit to that process as 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 a as a coach i think if you see yourself solely as a football coach um I think you're gonna, you're probably gonna limit yourself uh, to, to to a certain degree. Um, you know, you have to you have to look at yourself as more more of a a mentor uh, and an educator uh, or a teacher because of course we're doing the same job. We're trying to put information uh, into people. Um, we're trying to give life experience. We're trying to give them even shed light on certain life experiences. Um, so you know, the job of a football coach has really really evolved over the last sort of 15 to 20 years, especially if you're coaching in grassroots football, where you are doing an awful lot more than just football, whether it be, you know, talking to kids about knives and guns or if you're doing all of these things. So, you know, I would say as a as an educator or as a coach or as a mentor, think of yourself more of, of those things as opposed to just a football coach. Uh, and that will probably give you a far better chance of success. And by success, I don't mean becoming a professional coach, working in the academy environment, I mean, a far better success rate, a far more, far bigger chance of success really reverts to happiness and fulfillment of, of why you actually started that process in the first place. I, I think it's spot on. Absolutely. First of all, there's two real key things that jump out at me there. First of all, you know, it's that piece around teaching. Um, and I think two considerations to really take out of what you've said there for all coaches to think about, regardless of the level of working at is, it's a two-way process. There's mm. teaching going on, but learning doesn't necessarily take place just because teaching's going on. And, you know, as I, I think it's, uh, what was his name? John Wooden, the, uh, the American basketball coach. Um, his quote was, you know, you haven't taught unless they've learned. And I think that is such a key quote to think about for coaches. Have you given the information in a way that they've been able to digest it? Because if you haven't done that, then you haven't taught anything. And I think that's a really key piece. So I think a lot of coaches need to maybe start doing a bit more research around teaching and learning as, as a two-way process than just the idea of actually, because I've said this, they must have got it. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I think is really coaches early on, or regardless of whatever stage in their journey they're at, is they start thinking about what they define as coaching and maybe shifting the perspective of not rather than being a teacher or a coach, but actually just being a facilitator of development. And if you look at it from that perspective, you know, the, the net is cast a lot wider and you end up having unlimited potential around how much you can impact and help someone develop. But I think we've got another hand here now as well. Johnny, thanks for that, Abs, by the way. No problem, no problem. Let's see. Johnny, you're up, man. Hey, lads, how are we doing? Very well, thank you. I just came across the, the space. It came up with a notification. I jumped in. I've really enjoyed it. It's been been really good stuff on this. Um, I just wanted to kind of give in a couple of points that have come to mind as I've been listening. Go for it, uh, man. More than merrier. So one thing I haven't quite heard is, is if you're planning sessions, and maybe I missed it, is just to have individual focus points for your players or your kids or whoever it is you're coaching. Um, yes, I mean we we didn't we didn't touch anything on 
on the individuality of the sessions, I think for me, that's probably one of the considerations that you probably start making after the initial ones. I think that's probably a second, a second, a second, second line or third line consideration to make. But it's it's a, it's definitely a valid point. So feel free to kind of go on on it, man. Yeah, just just kind of you know think looking back at the question, what would you do at the start? You know, you have your technical or psychological or tactical points in it, and I always found that the more I coached, I found it easier to put a name on it. So if we were working on scanning, I'd put Yaz's name next to it. And I'd have a question for you or a thought on you so that when I'm in the session, I could focus it on you. So the whole point is scanning and that just keeps my brain sort of ticking over on the point. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely a great way to do it because I think it just kind of narrows down who, who needs what. I think the only thing I would say on, on that is obviously that takes a lot more time. You need to get to know your players really, really well to be able to start doing those things, and I think that's the only thing. I guess where we're coming at from this conversation here is more around the idea of right. What are some key things that coaches can do from minute one, um, as soon as they step out on that grass for the first time? But I think really, within what you're saying as well, though, is some great considerations to be made because actually, it's not just looking at it in terms of right here's the skill here's the outcome technically or tactically but actually what the psychological social outcomes that they might be able to get out of the session as well and who is that then relevant to i think just to kind of add on to that and just if you like a bit of a bolt on is actually being very clear and specific about what that process then looks like so if johnny requires xyz how does that look oh 100 yeah man great point and and the only thing I wrote, other thing I wrote down was for folks starting off coaching is if you want to jump in and stop it, give it another ten seconds or another fifteen seconds, and then and then think about it because that was probably the one thing I would change is once you see something you want to stop, just be a bit more patient. Hundred percent. I can't. I can't. I can't tell you the number of times I've done that early on. Even now, I probably still do it. To be fair, um, but Johnny, and I really appreciate that, man. Thank you for that. Um, We've got one more. I'm going to take the last one. I'm just conscious of people's time as well. We've got. I think it's. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher your name. So I'm going to let, allow you to introduce yourself. Um, I've invited you to the stage. Please feel free. Hello. How's it How going? Doing? You're right. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and no, I just, I just jumped, I just jumped on similar to Johnny. I just um, picked up the back end of the conversation and um, looking at the topic. Um, for me, one thing that's sort of um, I've learned and that's helped me recently is just player interaction. I don't know if you guys have spoken on it already, um, but player interaction is so key. Like first ten minutes of my sessions, even whilst I'm um, planning things, um, put laying down cones. I just pull players, pull players, have a chat with them. How's your day? How? How's your day at school today? What did you do? What did you do? Um, it's so key because if he's had a bad day at school, it might take it might change the way you might want to work with him on that night, for example, and that might impact him, you know. And just having that extra bit of empathy, you know. Someone someone said I don't know who exactly said it, but it's like players don't care what you have to say until they know you care. So starting out on a journey is really important to like have a care and for the players, and then you know you can actually impact them and add knowledge. So yeah, that's I think for me that's that's key before anything else, before you get into the technical or anything like that. Hundred percent spot on. Just um, again, I'm conscious. I don't want to mess your name up, man. Can you mind just sharing? Yeah, nice, no, Elion. 
All right, yeah, thoughts. So I didn't want to didn't <laughs> get it wrong though. Um, now, Elliot, I really appreciate. It. I think that's really, really, really. Um, I think that's probably an impactful one to be honest, because actually, I think a lot of a lot of people don't pay attention to actually. Before we can actually affect the player, we need to be able to connect with the person. Yeah. And I think that you know you, you've hit the nail on the head because actually we might have an idea in our in our minds around the plan, the way we want to deliver tonight, the way that we even want to intervene with certain players, and actually just having those brief interactions just to find out how the player is, how their day's been. Or it might be depending on on what day you're actually doing the session, how their week's even been. Um, I think spot on, spot on. Yeah, no problem, guys. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Joe, do you want anything you want to add? No, really great insight from everyone, to be honest. And this is what we want, don't we? We want loads of interaction, and it's great to hear people's comments, which are really key. I mean, individual interactions is huge. We would often use the phrase connect before correct because often we're always wanting to correct people but it's the connection first that's important and yeah I think everything that's been shared tonight is really useful and if you can get your head around individual objectives and again individualising your coaching which we spoke about on, on other episodes haven't we that's huge I think we've got to get the coaching right first haven't we and really recognise who's in front of us it's the who isn't it not so much the what but it's the who, the how and the why and really getting to grips with that and just making sure that, again, it's it's relevant to the players and what they need. And I think that last point made by Elion, where he's talking about, you know, really understanding the player, even what mood they're coming in, that's huge because how many how often do coaches consider that? Is the player had a bad day at school? Has the cat died? Is this, is that? Just checking in and just knowing because not every day do they want to... Do they want to be stretched and challenged? Sometimes players might not want to be stretched and challenged. They might have had a, a tough day or they might be getting stretched and challenged too much. It's just recognising how much is too much. What can they consolidate? Um, yeah, when do we need to lay off them a little bit? When can we push them hard on certain things? Which comes back to Yaz's point, knowing your players. So, really love tonight. I think there's been some great interactions, great points. And I look forward to keeping this conversation going. Sorry for the wind. I'm I'm in a bit of a in a blizzard here. Welcome to the Midwest. No problem, guys. You know, just uh, thank you for everyone that's obviously shared their thoughts and views tonight. I really appreciate that. But guys, you know, thank you again for your participation tonight and being involved with us. Until next week, guys. You take care. Thank you, everyone. Have a great rest of the weekend. And again, if you want any more information on some of these topics, feel free to tune into some of the episodes on the uh, Coaches Network podcast because they're all on there as well as the Blue platform we can access some of the coaching content. So yeah, really looking forward to it. See you next week. Thank you so much. See you guys. Well, there you have it, guys. Another episode of the Coaches Network podcast where our aim is to bring the world of athlete, talent and personal development together to just one platform. And you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favourite episodes with everyone that you can think of. You can tag us in those mentions as well on Instagram at The Coaches Network or on Twitter at The Coaches Net. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And until next time, guys, take care.